Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another Rahala Stampa Book Club. I'm very excited to have uh, Andrew Hunter-Murray with us. who will be talking about his book, The Sanctuary. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Lovely to have you on. Um, Rahala Stampa <laughs> listeners will know you as one quarter of uh, No Such Thing as a Fish. Yeah. So there's many strings to your bow. You're also in Ostentatious uh, and uh, you work for Private Eye, right, for Private Eye. Yeah, yeah. And write novels. It's anything. Anything I've missed? No, that's that's covered it very nicely. Yeah, that's the lot. <laughs> no more. So, um, so tell us about your previous books. I'm guessing you've you've worked on the on the 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 QI books. Yeah, things like that. that was my first first job at QI. So I joined QI fresh out of university. It was my the first job I've ever had, basically. Um, and I was working on a book called The Book of the Dead. Uh, oh, yes. which was biographies of, you know, mini Potter biographies of really interesting people. And um, I literally just sat in the library for eight months and read biographies of, you know, Archimedes and Casanova and uh, John Dee and all these, all these amazing historical people. Uh, Kellogg, the incredibly weird John Harvey Kellogg. You yes. know, um, so yeah, that was a really, that was a really fun experience actually think about it now. It was a bit, it was a bit weird because yeah. we didn't, <laughs> We didn't have an office, so I was just writing little writing notes on these biographies and just sending them off and right. <laughs> getting feedback yeah, sometimes. I, I did something, um, not exactly the same, but similar. I wrote one of, the, one of the first jobs I had at university, which I kind of got off the back of quite a few of my friends working for uh, the publishing house, and I'm trying to remember who it was. 
Um, I can't, I'm, not, I'm not even sure it was, but I, I ended up writing for the Macmillan, I think it was the Encyclopedia of the Royal Family. And so I, wow. and similarly, I was going around various libraries and then to Buckingham Palace libraries, which wasn't very good. Uh, and, uh, and then writing these little entries. But then by the time the book came out, the entire royal family was about 90, <laughs> And the entire royal family, by the time it came out, the royal family had imploded and completely changed. Oh my so the book God. was entirely out of date. So yeah, no, a little, my main memory is just trying to falsify my, um, expenses claims <laughs> and lie about how many hours I worked. <laughs> they paid really well as well. Right. I was really cheeky. I was, they, I, was, they, I was very cheeky and always added a few out because no one knows how long, how much you're working. Did you get paid per hour, Andrew? On that I, I didn't, did get- no. So ah. I, and if my bosses are listening, <laughs> it would have been fine if you had, but they didn't, so it's fine. <laughs> so I got, I got, I got, I didn't get sacked, but they didn't ask me back to do more. I think I was, okay. I was asking for too much money. <laughs> uh, but I, but I, you know, my book, I've got it. I've managed to find a copy. It's over there. If anyone, that's my, that's my, but apart that's from, incredible. I also wrote the West London phone book of 1989 to 90 or 1990 to 1991 which when it came out um it it wasn't really writing it was just collating (laughs) yeah that was my first book you don't get creative license when you're writing the phone (laughs) i'll stick a few more this name this surname's good i'm gonna try and muck around with a few more first names yeah (laughs) well i did change stuart lee's name to stuart wee but it's a it's a famous story uh that i've told before uh but anyway this isn't about my early books and so and uh, there were there were other QI books after that. Yeah, yeah. I was just a, I was just a research uh, research monkey yeah. for that one. I, you know, it wasn't wasn't doing the creative stuff. But yeah, um, QI's always got a book or two on the go, which is a really nice thing. You know, we've done yeah. the books of general ignorance, and we've done the the fact books, and um, um, I mean, so many. And then when we started, no such thing as a fish. We we you know a few years in, we started writing books of books yeah. of the year, which is a kind of digest of everything, all the weird and interesting stuff that happened over the course of that year. That was really fun to do, but a nightmare yeah. to research because you've got to hand in a book about the whole year in September. And we did, <laughs> so that was tricky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so is this your second novel? It the is, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right, so, yeah. so what was the the, the first uh, novel, The Last Day? Yeah, which I I haven't read. I'm afraid, Andrew. I did, I have got it. Because it was ninety nine p on Kindle, and I thought the main I'll get thing. that the and I'll read it at some point. Is to buy it. The reading is very <laughs> secondary then, to an author. And know. then I didn't read it yet, but I will read it because I, I did love the sanctuary. Oh, so, what was the? I mean, I think you. I think I read on Wikipedia that you always wanted to be a novelist or a, an author. Some, so was was it always the intention to? I don't know who wrote that bloody Wikipedia. It's incredibly brief <laughs> and incredibly unhelpful. Like, it makes me sound like a complete amateur, and it makes me sound like a swat as well, which I was, but I don't. It's not the main thing that goes on Wikipedia if you were a SWAT or not at school. Like it is weird because the first line, well, the no, first thing is just homework. a quote. I was, <laughs> when, the, when did I say that? I, I don't remember saying that. And it's not the most like there are about four lines on there about me, and that's one of them. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the main one. It's the start. Is the it sort of sums you up. But go and change it, Andrew. Oh, go and, I, t- I can't be. I, I can't. Oh, I changed mine, yeah. and someone's gone on to. Well, I only ever put facts on if there's facts right. that are wrong, or if there's a fact that isn't there mm. <clears throat> i will put it on because it helps people but someone has got onto my wikipedia page <clears throat> and amongst all the tropes of what i do it says richard herring writes his own wikipedia <laughs> page and then i tried to change it to but he only ever puts facts on not opinion <laughs> and then whoever put that one on un- took oh that off God, so the irony is they had 
I thought it was quite funny that I edited that bit, <laughs> and I thought they would appreciate it, but they were annoyed by by me editing. Anyway, enough of that. I don't again. want to get into a flame war with the Wikipedia editor. Basically, is why I'm too scared to edit it. You know. Oh dear. But uh, yeah, so so what was? Oh yeah. What was first... the process of, of becoming a novelist, and do, and and um, how did you get this first book? Because it's done very well as well. Oh, we should well, we should say. Well, the, the the main thing is that when I was at school, I always did my homework, and I was a bit of a SWAT, and that's the relevant thing there. And the, yeah. <laughs> the um, um, but I did always want to write a book. I mean, genuinely, I can remember being you know, I was a, it was a I was a big reader from a young age. I always wanted to write something, and I assumed I was going to write something funny because I grew up reading so much Terry Pratchett and, and Tom Holt and Douglas Adams and Jasper Ford and all these all these brilliant writers, um, and. I'd written loads and loads of short stories in that kind of vein, um, mm. which I've never seen the light of day yet, although I hope to turn them into something. Um, and then I had this, I, I took them to a, a, a literary agent. A friend of mine said, you should really talk to you know, a literary agent. You, you clearly want to write more of this stuff. And so, and she said, oh, I, I know someone you can talk to um, and introduced me to this guy uh, who's a literary agent. He's called Peter Strauss. And, um, he said, "Yeah, but I like short stories. But can you write a can you write a full novel? Because it's you know it's it's hard to get publishers interested in short stories because most you know yeah. people don't people aren't as keen on them. Even when it's Stephen King, you know, a Stephen King novel will sell so much more than a Stephen King book of short stories, even if they're even if they're brilliant, you know." Um, and so I said, "Oh, right, novel, okay." Uh, <laughs> and then I and and a few weeks later, I had the idea for the book that became the last day, and I, I it wasn't funny at all, but I thought. Oh, I like the idea. What would happen? I have to write. I have to know. I have to explore that world. And then that just, it snowballed from there. And I just spent about three or four months just writing the world. I wasn't writing any story. I wasn't writing any characters. It was literally just what would happen under the, it's a big high concept book. The first one, it's it, yeah. it, the world has basically ground to a halt and half the world is now facing inwards towards the sun. Half is facing out towards the cold dead universe. That's the, and that all happened 30 years ago. So we're now in a, in a Britain which has lived with that and is in the narrow band of habitable territory on right. the earth. So fortunately for the plot. Um, <laughs> and so that, and so I just thought, Oh God, what if, what if, what if, and then it, and it, it, it all came from there, you know? Yeah. Um, and then about a year later I had a, a first draft, I think, and then right. sent that off to a publisher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, I mean, from this book as well, it feels like you put a lot of research work in it is uh, before you even get into writing, which is certainly confirmed from that first book. Was that the case with The yeah, Sanctuary as well? a little, it was with The Sanctuary. There are, there are always aspects I'm I'm wanting to research and find out more about, if you know what I mean. As in, yeah. I do, you know, The, the Sanctuary um, is about, the main character is a portrait painter. And so I did a fair bit of reading about that and about particular paintings and, yeah. um, and it takes place, I, you know, I read a bit about the, the islands off the coast of Scotland because it's set on a kind of imaginary island off the coast of Scotland. And so, uh, and I did lots of reading about cults and about the end of the world and um, existential threats to human life. There, was a, there are some brilliant books out there about that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of fun, that research phase, because you're just, you're just right, reading and scribbling and getting really excited. And you don't have to make any cho hard choices about what you're going to follow at that phase you can just enjoy the world building and the oh oh what about this oh and what about this oh let's let's try and yeah. include some of that you know it's a great phase yeah i mean it's interesting I, I wonder how i guess most people would would do something along those lines but it feels like 
if you if you completely understand the world and and have and have have worked everything out in advance, that must make. I see. I yeah. t- when I write things, I tend to kind of bowl in. I've, <laughs> I've, I've got. I've always tried to write novels, and I get about one chapter in, and probably because I haven't sat down and thought, "What? Where's this going?" Uh, it sort of ends. So I'm kind of. Re- I'm sort of fascinated by that, but I, I wonder whether whether you're especially fastidious I don't, in that due to your research background. But. I I, the research background probably helps. It probably helps yeah. to just marshal all the thoughts about it. But no, because it's and also at some point you've got to write an absolutely batshit scenario. And that, yeah. you can't, so you can't be too beholden to the research. Otherwise, you've written a research book. Uh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah. So balance, yeah. Yeah. So how would you, I mean, the, the, the big thing with this is I don't want to give anything away because mm. what's wonder, it's a really great book and I was wrapped with it and what it's, it's so tense and it's building up and you, and as a reader, you, you're trying to work out what the hell is going on. And I don't really want to give anything okay. away about that because it's, because I think that's going to be part of the joy of reading it. I mean, we'll talk about the concept and yeah. there will be things that come up, but I, I don't want to kind of give away. Uh, too much but so how would you spoiler free yeah, okay, describe, yeah, yeah. describe the sanctuary okay uh all right here we go <laughs> it's about it's about a young man called ben um who's traveling across the country somewhere and nearly this country it's quite near here and it's quite near now it's not quite either and he's traveling across the country because his fiance cara uh has just written to him from her job. She works uh, on an island off the coast of Scotland for uh, an extremely wealthy, mysterious man called Sir John Pemberley. She's been there for six months, and she's just written to Ben saying, "I know, I, I know, I said I was coming back. Actually, I don't think I am. I think my work here is too important. This is too wonderful a place, so I'm not coming home. Sorry." She, she writes that to him, and he has to find out what's happened why she's changed so much why she's become strange like this and so he thinks right i'm going to go to the island i'm going to find Kara. i'm going to see sir john pemberley i'm going to talk to him find out what the hell's going on here and so he sets off and uh and that's the start of the story yeah yeah and and so i mean it's it's it it has lots of themes and 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 it has a lot of relevance to the world we're living in terms of i mean i think the the themes that we can talk about which obviously environmental there's there's it starts with um it's, you know there's an elephant an elephant becoming the elephant's becoming extinct yeah it's very depressing uh, that bit yeah. <laughs> it really is and um uh you know and it's a world and i guess uh, a big part of it is a world where the old older people have everything and younger people are sort of working with with which you know is what is is the world we are increasingly living in where old people pre- accumulate stuff especially boom the boomer generation especially i think you know they've sort of had this lucky life where everything's gone their way they've had the free education they've had the three nhs and then they get into their 70s and 80s and and they're just sort of you know not caring about the new generation as brexit i think shows doesn't it i i wonder i sort of wonder if uh covid and brexit had happened the other way around whether oh. the elderly might have appreciated the sacrifices that young people made for them and been a bit bit more happy to uh, give them something back but it is that you know it's that position where for young people now where it's very hard to get on the housing ladder or yeah. into uh, jobs or you know because because all the money's being kept offshore and everything so that's obviously like a big part huge of, part of it of this yeah it's a, a huge part of it and it's again it's i, I think one one thing I like to do when I'm writing is I'll t- I want to take things that are happening in the world today and just turn them up a bit and just take 
take things a little bit further, you know, and yeah. and see where you end up with. Um, and that's that's a big aspect of the book is um, youth and age because that that is happening a great deal in Britain these days. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that all pensioners are, are wealthy or doing well because you know there are there are plenty of elderly people who are you know destitute in the UK today. But as a, as as you say, as an aggregate thing, that is what's happening. And th- you know there are like swathes of the population who just have no prospect of getting on the housing ladder and that's unsustainable and it's it's happened within the last 10 or 20 years that 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 shift has really accelerated and i don't think we've seen the consequences yet and so the book is an attempt to kind of map out some potential consequences or you know i i i i think um as with the last day, so in the last day, the world is not going to stop turning, right? It, I mean, obviously, that's not going to happen, even though I yeah. researched quite a careful way it could. But um, in that book, it's about um, a Britain which is warmer, which uh, is dealing with um, very substantial migration from overseas, people avoiding uh, the changing climate. And I think those things may well happen in the next 50 years. You know, it's 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 a way of talking about those things without saying they're going to happen in in our world, in this version of the world. And you can yeah. kind of discuss them in a more interesting way if you're doing if you're not just saying this is what's going to happen. Um also because that's it's a very grim prospect and there's a kind of protective layer of sci-fi that you can put around things to discuss the world that exists today. And that's so that's definitely what I've tried to do in the sanctuary as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um yeah, I mean, I, I it kind of remind. I, I was as a kid, I mean, A, I'm sort of I'm not I was surprised a little bit how serious it is yeah. i mean it's not a, it's not it, it, as you say if you were growing up douglas adams and thinking that's the way i'm going to go this is not like a, a comedy book at all really there's no i mean no. you know there's there's not i'm not saying there's no laugh in this <laughs> all, but it's not it's not going for the laugh no, no. It's, it, it is it is quite serious is that would you is that now what you think you want to do do you want to do sort of serious sci-fi or would you would you branch out into to try and i would branch out i mean i i i it's interesting because you, ha- yeah, I'm really interested in books that authors wrote when they were expected to do one thing, and then you get like yeah. Martin Amis writing a book about video games, gaming arcades, which he did in the eighties when I think it was already quite <laughs> successful. He's writing a book about how to do really well on Pac-Man. Like I love, I love <laughs> things like that, and um, you know, Roald Dahl's cookbook, which I don't think he actually did a cookbook, but you know, what, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I like authors like I mean, Anthony Horowitz just writes so many different kinds of things. For example, yeah, he writes thrillers, he writes crime, he writes James Bond books, he writes you know much funnier books aimed at children. Um, he he writes so many different kinds of things, and I I really uh, respect that. You know, yeah. it's worth doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, and it's you know, and and of course, uh, you know, we say as I've said this with, with other comedians who've written books and. But you know, you are comedians are writers, and you're obviously you have you are a journalist as well. <laughs> so you know, it, because because we associate you with comedy doesn't mean you can't do something serious. I, I think it sort of it uh, it was sort of old. It's a sort of old fashioned in a, in a positive way. I think the writing of this it reminded oh. me of the books I liked as a kid, which were by like by John Wyndham and H. G. I mean, Wells. It felt it had a real feel of those that's to the me. highest possible prey. I loved John. Yeah. Weirdly, I am right now reading a. a a Wyndham novel which was unpublished in his lifetime. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, and also <laughs> this is this is the, I'd never read it before. It's called Web, um, right. and it's about the establishment of a utopian society on a remote Pacific island, so not right. a North Atlantic <laughs> one, at, at least by um, by a by a millionaire with ideals. And then, I mean, right. his goes in a very different direction. But oh my god, it's good. Yeah, Wyndham was a master of that kind of stuff. 
change one yeah. thing, change an aspect of the world, keep humans the same. That's important, you know, write honestly about human behavior. Um, and they have a lovely, I don't, I, I don't want to trash talk Wyndham at all, but they have quite a starchy quality, as in they were rather disparagingly all cosy catastrophes, you know, Day of the Triffids. Yeah. Most of the people he encounters are quite middle class, you know. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, and so that, that that's a, that's an element of it, which I guess has changed, although I don't know how much I've changed it. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, you know, he's, he, it is those great imaginative ideas that those you know and sci-fi is often looked on as sort of not not being as uh you know vital or as mm. intellectual as other novels which are, you know and margaret atman's one of my absolute favorite authors yeah. and i just think and she's doing sci-fi basically yeah. and and it's and it's extraordinary and kurt vonnegut as well absolute extraordinary authors and i think i don't i think luckily margaret atwood <laughs> gets the credit she deserves yeah. and booker prizes and stuff but it is quite rare that sci-fi gets that kind of acclaim it's whereas very it- interesting yeah and you look at um like i i mean i don't think he would like this characterization but an author like kazuo ishiguro hmm. i mean never let me go is a is effectively a sci-fi book it's about right. it's about a very sci-fi scenario and his latest one, Clara and the Sun, is also a, a sci-fi scenario. But yeah. it, he's not really focused. He's not focused on the whatever the sci-fi. I want to give away the twist of Never Let Me Go, which is such a good <laughs> book. But he, he he is writing about a slightly different world. But he's he's doing that to kind of get at the truth of human relationships. So maybe it's about this sort of ultimate intent of the book, you know, about where people end up being ca- characterized. Like you know, The Handmaid's Tale is not. Um, is not be- being told to end up with a sci-fi point of view, but then again, I don't think it matters. Like good, good writing encompasses the human and yeah, and the societies we've constructed and how they might might or might not change and how human behaviour changes under different circumstances. Like that's just good writing, you know. So yeah, I, I, and as yeah. you say, it's a great way to you know to to talk about what's going yeah. on and what could happen. Yeah, I mean, again, with the Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> it seems it seems almost like a premonition of what was possibly yeah. going to happen. But um, you know, it's it's a way of examining our own world, which exactly. I think this book this book does uh, your book does uh, fantastically. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, 
Um, I'm quite, I mean, I'm interested in uh, Ben, the main character. Mm. Um, and A, because I wondered if you were a, a painter. I thought the, the 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 knowledge of painting was so good, and so and the oh. and the vision of what a painter is. I wondered if that was something that you were personally into, or no, you just, as it seems you just researched. Literally it. no no artistic <laughs> skills whatsoever here. I'm very I'm, right. you know I I may write books, but in every other aspect, I'm totally totally uncreative. And so this was yeah no he's a yeah he's an interesting character. I don't think he's completely likable. I think he's... no, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I think he's there's a sort. Of, it makes sense in the end, I think. But um, he's the, the arrogant. I mean, I think that that that, yeah. that point where the, he gets stopped by the border guards and they they are always going to beat him up unless he does something, and then he refuses. Yeah. He's arrogant and refuses <laughs> and gets beaten up. Yeah, um, sort of sums him up really. I think that's a good. It? Yeah, it is, uh, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of that particular scene <laughs> as an indication of his character, but yeah, he is. He's not. I like main characters who aren't very likable. And the book's told from his perspective as well. And I, I really enjoy reading books where you read <laughs> the story that ostensibly the main, the narrator is, is telling. They're getting, they're getting all the shots. They can tell you whatever they like about themselves and they still manage to come across badly. I love yes. that. I, I, yeah. I think that's a really fun thing to write. Um, There's a lot of comedians' autobiographies like that, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I've talked about before as well. But yeah, no, I think that is, you know, it is because you, you are, I mean, in the end, uh, again, without saying what any of the vision is, I, I, I sort of had quite a lot of sympathy with uh, Pemberley's ideas. <laughs> and, what he's, and so, so although the main character doesn't doesn't want them to happen, yeah, there's a, there's a sort of logic behind it that makes that that makes sense. And I, 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 I that's a relief to hear because that's what I wanted yeah. to do as well. Because you you don't, yeah. you know, once you once you make a character wholly bad. Uh, <sighs> Where do you go? You know, and that happens in the last day too. That the, one of the things that's happened in the last day that, that there have been an absolutely monstrous act carried out, which you know some people would argue for and would argue was the sensible thing to do. And um, it's a it's a grotesque act of compromised humanity, which right. might be necessary anyway. Or so, yeah. you know, and 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 that's where the crunchy stuff is. That's where the interest, interesting stuff is you know people who say yeah. i know i know this is an awful thing to do but i think i have to do it you know i love i mean i can't remember which playwright it was who said in a really good play nobody's in the wrong nobody's yeah. in the and that, what a that's hard to write but if you can it's it's uh yeah well it is and at least you know i think that uh, certainly a lot in tv stuff and uh, less i mean obviously in a novel you get more bit more chance to explore stuff but uh in depth but with tv stuff there's often so obvious baddies or just so, you know <laughs> the boyfriend character that someone's with is so obviously inappropriate for them, right you know so wrong for them that you think well there's this there's no jeopardy in this yeah your girlfriend or boyfriend is is deliberately written as being awful whereas the truth of like changing a relationship or something is that you're in with someone for a reason yeah and there's got to be a reason you're there yeah exactly uh, and and obviously, it's from your own. It's from one's perspective whether someone's good or bad as well, whether they're doing something to help you or not. Generally, I mean, yeah. not not with great acts of evil, I suppose, <laughs> but uh, but with you know, for, with most things, someone that someone's vil- your boss is only a villain to you because yeah. they're telling you what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, then they're, they're not a villain to another boss or their wife or, or yeah, their exactly, or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. so it is it is a really important thing I think to to write that. And yeah, I think that's one of the, one of the things that I really liked about this book is that, that I mean you do it's not like the the the, the narrator character is such an idiot that you don't care what happens to uh, him. 
but and you you know and like him you want to find out what is going on yeah. and i suppose that that level of the, the the character he has is the reason that he pushes through where other people might just go, oh, okay, this is all right. <laughs> I just yeah, I sit back. He's wanting to know, and his his desire to to as as I suppose as the artist, his desire to sort of see the whole person. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And the kind of Pemberley, the, the Sir John Pemberley who owns the island, and the and the island itself are kind of are kind of symbiotically linked. You know, finding out the truth about one is finding out the truth about the other, and that's. Uh, yeah. And as because he's a painter, he he tries to make honest depictions. Uh, he's a very compromised character as well. Like his job is to paint uh, the wealthy. His job is to paint people yeah. living in the enclave villages which Sir John Pembley established and where the wealthy have mostly withdrawn to. He goes around uh, effectively giving giving the rich idealized versions of themselves. He has compromised a lot of his ideals on the way to where he is now. And so the yeah. book is is partly him slightly reaching the end of his rope there and saying yeah. I I can't quite compromise this far you know this far and no further yeah no it's it's all it's it's very very interesting stuff um yeah again i think without uh without giving too much away i mean i think i I was interested whether the biology let's just without again without going necessarily into what it is the the biology of um of what is going on and how much that is based on fact and possibility and how much you've created stuff around there is is it is it a possible is the scenario that turns out to be well, in the book, possible. Is, it, is it possible you know anything yeah, possible I, uh... is it based is it based on anyone anyone's particular research i don't think anyone's proposed the exact thing that i've not the exact suggested thing. is going on thank <laughs> god because <laughs> that is a good reason i think i think i found a novel mechanism for a for this particular um, yeah. Oh god, it's so hard to talk about without because it, it that's it. like the last fifty pages thing of the book is where it all starts really yeah. kicking off. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm interested in those questions of. Um, I mean, it's it's something that people are researching in that general area. Yeah, right? absolutely. So it, is, yeah. it is. It is. Uh, you know, it's it's about DNA and all that sort yeah. of stuff, and and what we can do with that. I think we can say without definitely without giving too much yeah. away. But I mean, yeah, I mean the the end of the book. I mean, even just saying there's loads of twists in it sort of is, is almost a spoiler but it, it 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 does there's sort of so much there's so much stuff that happens in the last 50 pages no. that it is it is it's one of those one of those books you sort of think I'm, i might have to go back and read all again <laughs> just to just to get the wealth of stuff that's happened there but yeah it, it is you know it's it's a it's a real what what it's quite a slow burner i think isn't it andrew and, and i think then then yeah. and then everything sort of tumbles exactly uh, apart. there's a fuse and there's and, a barrel of dynamite and then yeah and that's that's what's <laughs> really good about because the tension of you know i really really enjoyed going well, what the hell is happening you know it's 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 not ambling along it's very enjoyable <laughs> but it's going it's it's you know it's a it's a slow burn yeah. and then it is a it, this a very explosive stuff and 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 you're left with a, a lot of uh, questions and a lot of you know, and it's always nice when something ends. I don't think I don't think you'll write a sequel. You could do a sequel, but you're not. You, I don't think it's a sort of sequel ending, but it's an ending where the reader is left to yeah. uh, imagine. Quite oh, a lot definitely. Well, I so. really, I yeah. really like those you know books like that, which yeah. give you a lot of. In fact, Hamay's Tale actually it ends, I think, with her being bundled into the van, doesn't it? And then you don't, and you don't know. Because then what... there is a sequel, though, isn't there? So oh, yes. then, then it is. Then it is. So she did. I mean, I think that's it. It, it, it is, and the sequel is good as. I mean, she's. I mean, Margaret. I would. I. I could. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. As we talked about, and the Rallister 
I have a lot of time, <laughs> and I deeply regret spending a lot of time talking about wanking people off with their writing machine because I'll never get to talk to her. I can't talk to her now, can I? No, this I don't think that, I can either. I think I think I'm also that. implicated. So you know, we've both managed to cut ourselves off from one of our heroes. Yeah. Um, but there we go. Um, and I, another thing I liked about the audio book, and I'm not sure. I don't think it's in the book book. Is you've got a little extra where no, you talk right. about some of the books that yeah. uh, influenced you. Yeah. Um, which is re- a really nice touch. The uh, Philip Pullman one sounds great, which I wasn't aware oh, of. Yeah, Do Demon Voices is the... an incredible yeah. book. And it's a book about storytelling. And he, he writes about story mechanics, basically. And he's he's a really interesting author because he, he his, the Northern Knights trilogy, I think he was in his late 40s or early 50s when they were published. Like right. He wasn't a 25-year-old out-of-the-blocks author. He'd written lots of books before, really good ones. But um yeah. It was kind of like that was the culmination of lots of other things he'd been writing about. And Demon Voices is a collection of lots of articles about stories, uh, speeches he's given about stories, so, um, you know, various different media. He's, um, you know, introductions to books and afterwards and things like this. Um, but you kind of get a sense of what he thinks is important in story. And in particular, in a, a fantastical story, the kind he writes in another world, you know, what, what yeah. his particular values are. He's quite rude about Tolkien, which is quite funny. Um, <laughs> and he also says it's okay, you know, the primary purpose that you should be writing is uh to to make money to live on and support your family if you have one and that's <laughs> that's allowed and you're allowed to represent yourself as a writer who needs to actually make a living from the thing you're doing take yourself seriously yeah. um which is it's really encouraging to read you know you think, yeah oh, okay well it is hard to make i mean i, I know you've got uh, the with again with the 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 last day you've sold the film rights for that and, and it, you it's sort of that, that, right? it's under you, it's 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 sort of under offer it's a sort of tangential thing where it's being developed at the moment and it's it's right. um it's been worked out. I, I, I think I'm allowed to say it's, you know, that there's a, I've read a pilot version of the script, which is incredibly exciting. And so, yeah, that's, that's really thrilling. And you just, you know, lots of these things don't come to pass. And, and if they do, it takes several years. And so you just have to, if, if, so, if anyone's interested in turning it into something else, that's amazing. And you just have to be glad of the interest and, you know, do what you can to, to help it along, but also, not say oh right it's definitely going to be a film and we're going to be writing the last day seven in 30 years time or whatever it's going to be yeah. um <laughs> yeah so so yeah that's that's happened which is very nice um yeah but it's you know so that's that's it is pretty tough to make a living writing books though you know yeah. I, I would have thought especially with not you know just especially with something that you've like you say you're investing that all that time before you've even really got you know you might invest all that time and create a world and have an idea yeah. and then go, oh, no, it's, it's, <laughs> this doesn't work at all. I fucked it up. I suppose it's let the more amount of time you spend on the less likely that is, but well, you know, it, the initial idea has to be good enough for to you to know that it's worth spending a year developing. Yeah. But it, I mean, things, things don't come off sometimes, you know, I stopped writing the yeah. last day, I think once or maybe even twice, I just couldn't see a way forward with it. And I, I wrote the first 30,000 words and then they weren't any good. And I gave up. I had to start again from scratch. You know, it, it happens. And after the last day, I, um, I started writing another idea for a world, which just didn't quite come off. And I'd written nearly 20,000 words of it. And I thought it's too, it's a bit too grim, this world. It's not quite it's not quite in the spirit of the kind of books I want to be writing. And so I just yeah. put it to one side and that's, right. you know, it's, uh, so it does, uh, it's not very yeah, it encouraging, but it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
but you know it's but there's a you know a lot of people will be trying you know even if you even if you get published which is obviously the a massive hurdle to overcome in itself there's a, most authors are you know not selling yeah it's you know more than more than a thousand books in hardback and yeah. you know that's not going to make them any actual money no, exactly so. it's a it's a constant um you know the 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 hurdles always lead to something else. You have the idea, yeah. then you've got to write the book, which is hard. Then you've got to get a publisher interested, which if it's you know if it's the best book ever, might be incredibly easy, and you get twenty five publishers bidding a you know bidding war within a day. Normally, doesn't happen. That that yeah. doesn't happen very much at all. Um, and then once it's out, you've got to to tell people about it and hope it sells, and then hope you get you know enough interest to write the next one, which hopefully you're already working on. But yeah, everything. Every good thing is is tricky to get, and then also leads to something else, which is also hard. So, but it's also so much fun. I mean, it's what a you know what a treat, what a thrill to be to have made yeah. up a world, and then to have people talking to you about it, saying, "Yeah, I didn't think much of Ben," you know, or or whatever. Or what's Bianca doing? You know, that kind of yeah. like that is a real thrill. It's lovely. Yeah. Well, it is not, you know, and when it's good and when, you know, it, it does feel like, you know, and that's what, what I love about imagination generally, <laughs> whether, whatever it is, it feel, even though none of these people are real and even though it's absolutely just some words on a page, yeah. you really do have visceral feelings about all of these characters. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's when writing is great. I mean, hopefully most people who are writing novels are managing to do that, but, but it is sort of bizarre when you think about how invested you can get out, yeah. you know, or in anything. It could be a TV show, it could be a comedy show, it could be anything, but you get invested in those characters to that extent yeah. that, you know, that you can actually slightly forget it's, they're Nothing not actually real, real people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter at all. But, but that's the, <laughs> I really like this, this thing about writing, which is if you read something that's good enough, it doesn't matter where or when it was written you are connecting with the author who might've been dead for 200 years, but it yeah. doesn't matter because the, the stuff is good. And you are, you're laughing at a joke that, you know, for example, I'm sorry, I'm in ostentation. I'm a huge fan of Jane Austen laughing at a yeah. joke that Jane Austen wrote in 1807. That's insane, but it's good. It's a good joke. And the character is beautifully drawn. Um, Edith Wharton yeah. as well. I'm a huge fan of like, she writes incredible people. You know, that's a, her characterization is just so strong. You have to, have an opinion about these characters as you're reading them and you yeah. really want them to succeed or to fail. And it's, uh, yeah, it's glorious, but it's surreal. And, and on a, on a level of being a writer, I mean, you do so many different things and obviously I've found that writing a book is the hardest of all the things that I do. And I've not written novels, which I would imagine is harder. How, how are you fitting all <laughs> those things in and how do you allocate your time to writing a novel? Are you, are you, putting days aside or are you just as first first thing in the morning it's first thing in the morning when my brain is nice and fresh and just before the rest of the day started because once i find in my experience once i look at my emails i'm stuffed you know once i because then the world's got a little like hook in you and you think oh yeah i haven't i haven't written that sort of two paragraph thing i needed oh and i haven't done that and then and then you're whereas when you're just you know fresh up in the morning you can just kind of slip into the world a bit more easily and imagine yeah. it more and 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 so yeah i've the both books i wrote um exclusively before 10 a.m i'd say right uh, <laughs> and, and slowly you know it can be it can be an hour a day or it does it's not a it's it's not you know and some days you mess up and you, <laughs> you get up late and you you don't get that hour and then i'm very ratty for the rest of the day because i think i've kind yeah. of left everyone in limbo on that planet i'm writing where I really should have checked in with them and, you know, but it is, but you know, if you can write a thousand words, um, a hundred times over, you've got a first draft. Yeah. It's, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it, it, that it, it, there's that there's that element where writing is sort of seems so difficult and like starting from nothing, you know, even or just starting from an idea that oh, I've got to do yeah. so much to do. But it's absolutely true that you know that that when you read a book, even you know, you think you read a chapter and you read it in you know ten minutes or yeah. fifteen minutes, it's not that many words really. And then it's you know, obviously it takes crafting to get there, but it is it is it's getting it down isn't yeah. it? it's sitting i mean i think that's it wouldn't work for me because before 10 o'clock i'm, looking, I'm wiping bums and, <laughs> and being shouted at by a four-year-old that being puked on but uh but yeah i mean it, you've got to i guess it's it's finding your own time yeah. that it would work exactly. you know my yeah. wife my wife who wrote writes kids books wrote her first book in her lunch hour at the job she was at, you know, at the desk. Yeah. I think I think she had time at the desk, and but it mainly in a lunch hour. Oh, that's great. And uh, you know, and I think that's it. if you've got that time and you really, you know, you've got to really want to do it right. You've got yeah. to really be invested in what you're doing and think there is something here. And I think it's about not, you know, though it, that advice that you should try and make money is <laughs> or not be ashamed <laughs> of making money is correct. I think you've got to just write something. You think whatever happens, yeah. I just need this you've got to, to be write it out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and then if I if I can make a million pounds from it, oh, fabulous! That's that'd be quite nice. But <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of relaxing knowing that you probably won't though. It's kind of it kind of frees you up a bit, yeah. Because no, I mean, no one does, you know. Ian Rankin, J.K. Yeah. Rowling, you know, a few others. That's that's it, and um, yeah, and that's all right. <laughs> but but it's you know it is it's just. It's an astonishing thing. And again, I think if you'd go back to you as a child and say you will have written oh my God. however many of these books and the two novels, and if that was it, you'd be overwhelmed. Be thrilled. With amazement. I'd be yeah. so, so excited, yeah. So it's, it's, it's you know, it is, it's an incredible thing. It, look, it's, it's a really great book. I'll ask you a couple more questions, then I'll let you go. Um, so you, you talked about having another idea on the go. Are you working on a third novel as we speak? Yes, or I a am. fourth or fifth novel? <laughs> I've written a lot of a third one, and I've had an idea for right. a fourth, which is now starting right. to drag my attention away. But okay. <laughs> it's just not very helpful. They're kind of stacking like planes above Heathrow. They're just sort of waiting. I've got to get the, the, previous, the third one off onto the ground safely. Yeah. Uh, and... And and then I'll, I'll properly start working on the fourth. But yeah, and and are you, are you in the situation where you know that will be your publisher says we'll publish that, or is your publisher <laughs> waiting to see it, or would you have to put it around all the publishers again, or will it is it is it are you solid so, enough? I, so, you know I, well, I've I've been I've been signed up to write a, another book for the for the same right. publishers. So yeah. um, depending on whether they really like or really hate the idea, <laughs> yeah, you know nothing's guaranteed. But yes. There will, there will definitely yeah. be a third book from me in this. I kind of, because the first two books in this that I've written are, are, are kind of slightly changed versions of Britain and they're, you know, they're slightly depressing. I, the next one I want to be a fair bit less depressing, you know, not depressing. I mean, sell it, Andy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they're not, they're, they're sort of visions of things which, which haven't gone completely right. You know, the yeah, yeah. path this country has taken, which have taken it on a slightly darker path. Um, anyway, I want the three together to be something called the Altered States Trilogy. I just think that's a nice okay. sort of loose banding of three different visions of, of this world and where it might go next, you know. Um, oh, that's yeah. Um, um, and are you reading anything at the moment you'd like to recommend? You've, you've recommended a few books already, was, but is there anything at the moment you're reading that you? What am I reading at the moment? So I'm, 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 yeah, I'm reading Web by Wyndham, as I said. Um, and I've, I've just been on a bit of a binge at the library. I'm reading Wide Sargasso Sea by John Reese, which I'm quite enjoying, but I haven't, I don't think I fully understood it yet. Uh, I'm not very far into that. Um, and what else? There was something else I'm reading. God damn it. 
Oh, I find it quite hard to read more than one thing at a time, I have to say. But yeah, what's what's Well, I'm reading a book called 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman, who is a brilliant writer about time and productivity. And um, it's a book about how 4,000 weeks is the average human lifespan, which is terrifying and depressing. Isn't that horrible? 4,000 weeks? First 2,000 of those are being educated, you know. And like, so I'm in my, I'm definitely nearly at 2,000 weeks of life I've already had. Right. Um, And it's about how you know productivity is a bit of a myth and a curse and you can't you have to to live sanely you have to say well i'm not going to get all this done and you have to slightly say goodbye to the you know how to get it all done you can't just yeah. accept that and then you'll start making meaningful choices uh but unfortunately due to my life i've only <laughs> i've only made it about 40 <laughs> pages in and I, i've stopped about two months ago and i'm struggling to <laughs> Because I'm too busy. <laughs> Very good. It's really good. Very though. good. That's forty pages. I mean, like as, as as you get older, as well, a week is so far. You know, like bin day comes around so fast, <laughs> or snooker day comes around. So I think it can't. We can't be. It can't. Be, I must be doing this on a different day than usual. Uh, so it's uh, it's yeah. The, the weeks go very fast. Um, is there is there a is there a, you know, seem to be you know obviously you, is there a genre you prefer? Do you like do you like reading novels more? Because I kind of think I prefer factual books. Sure. And, Generally, I don't read many novels, but do, do you read? Do you read? Uh, yeah, I, I read so much nonfiction for my work at QI yeah. that I, um, I, when I'm trying to relax, I, I almost always read fiction. Yeah, um, so I read a lot, but within that, a pretty kind of Catholic tastes, so I'll read anything really. Um, yeah. Lots of you know, so, fair few thrillers, fair few crime, lots of literary stuff. Because I, I studied English, I, I have this sense of wanting to knock off loads more of the classics, which I never got around to during my degree. So I, you know. Um, I got a few of those stacked up, and uh, yeah, I try to, re- I try, I try, and don't always succeed to read one absolute slammer. You know, top twenty. These are the books you must read before you die each year. So right. it was Middle March last year, and then The Count of Monte Cristo the year before that. Uh, oh, yes. Normally, absolute doorstops as well. Um, <laughs> might try my. Well, Middle March, <laughs> I tried to. I got the audio book of Middle March for exact the same reasons, oh, my and. I couldn't get into it at all as an audio, but that was that's when it, yeah. I think some. I was saying to you before that I think some audio book. Did you read your own audio book, which is great? Yeah. Um, though it makes me picture you as the main character, <laughs> and you in you in Jane Austen clothing is what makes me picture. It. No, I can't picture anything. Um, but um, yeah, I tried Middlemarch and I could not make head nor tail of it as an audiobook so i might have to as an audiobook, read that one. Hard, with yours yeah. with yours i read because i didn't have the audiobook to begin with so i read some of it and then did and oh, then cool. the the rest of it. and it was nice to read again actually i, re- I read in you know I, I i the nice thing about this podcast is i'm i'm ingesting a lot of books That's mainly great. through audio but but it reminds you know when i go on holiday i well when i used to before we had kids i would read a book a day yeah and then not really read much when i got home and you can think why am i not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not reading. I really like reading. If you, yeah, it's uh, hard so to cover out the time. It genuinely is, yeah, it is. And, and it's kind of it like is, writing. But, as in, I haven't. Yeah. I have a commute to work where I have a twenty-minute train, and that's great because if I, as long as I don't open the computer or the phone or whatever, I think right, it's got twenty minutes to read. You can, you can, yeah. you can make good headway there. You know, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Andrew. Uh, I thoroughly recommend the Sanctuary. I'm going to check out uh, the last day as well, uh, and. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming on to talk to us. Good luck with uh, your new novels. Thank you to Chris Evans, not that one, for uh, 
fantastic production. We've got the everything working again. It hasn't been working very well, Andrew, in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I've got a couple of these I haven't been able to hear what oh, the boy. person's been saying. So, you know, I'm looking forward to listening to those ones. <laughs> but I heard every word today. Uh, so thank you very much. We'll be back next week, I think, with Alice Roberts uh, talking about Buried. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And, um... Would love to see you on the on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.